Is your phone service acting up?
I'm just going to do the chorus. I'm going to do the bridge. Hey, you want to go over this other song with me?
sorry you should have told me.
space between where I used to be and this reckoning. I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the water holding back the sea. And should I?
Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's, it's Wednesday night. We are able to worship the Lord tonight. I don't know about you, but I get a little run down from Sunday, and I need this refueling on a Wednesday, but I don't have to wait till Wednesday because I serve a God that shows up on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Thursday, and a Friday, and a Saturday. Yes, it doesn't matter where we're at or what time of the day it is. When you need God, He's there and He's available. We have a, a few announcements tonight. Uh, December the 14th, which is today, is Jams. This Sunday is Christmas Sunday. And this Sunday evening, we'll be having our church Christmas banquet at 6 p.m. in the Family Life Center. The tickets are on sale in the foyer. Uh, before and after the service, uh, adults are $13 and kids are under 10 or $7. Today is the last day to purchase the ticket. Contact Sister Lisa Calico. Uh, December the 18th, our mission pledge is due December the 21st, Wednesday night. Uh, church business church business meeting no regular service uh, on December the 21st it'll be a business meeting December the 25th there is no service that's Christmas Sunday so enjoy it with your family and December the 28th we'll resume on a Wednesday night we'll be starting back with regular Wednesday night services and jams so if y'all want to stand up and just start giving the Lord some praise tonight because Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people, and I can already feel his presence in here tonight. So if you just want to lift your hands and worship the Lord tonight, hallelujah. I count on one hand, the same God that never fails will not fail me now. He won't fail me.
morning as I was getting ready for work, I have a routine that I get in every morning that I just, uh, I wake up, get ready, and I go down and sit at the table and I start reading the Bible. But my wife, I'm probably going to get in trouble tonight, but I'm going to go for this. Uh, it's where God gave me my thought this morning. It's, uh, she had a dog sitting in her chair this morning. And she just goes over there and she's, now, now you got to get out of mama's chair. You better get out of mama. And I'm thinking, there is no authority in that voice right there. If you're trying to make somebody do something, there was no authority in her voice. I can walk in the room and if a dog's in my chair, I look at it and that dog gets down. That dog knows. And that's the same thing with Jesus. You know, we have power and authority. We can't come up against any little devil or any little demon and just try to, uh, baby cake around them you've got to have authority in your voice yes, when you cast nice. out those spirits and the bible says uh when uh peter and john uh they were walking amongst the wall and the lame man was laid there and they said in the name of jesus they used that authority and we have an authority that we're not using on a day-to-day -day basis we've got to get that authority and that name out there so as we get ready to go for uh are these prayer requests that we're fishing to have tonight uh, if you have a need in your body we will anoint you with oil and we will cast them out with authority there's not going to be no walking around any little sickness tonight we believe in the authority we believe in the name we believe in healing we believe in the power of God so if we could pray for Gage Giberson he's having eye surgery tomorrow uh, Sister Mary Morton needs a touch of God. She's got a fever tonight. We need to pray for Sister Renee Flowers, Sister Ella Mae Bristow, Sherry Harrison, Carolyn Beach, Christy Sullivan, Dennis Shannon, Charles Iyer, Linda Ferris, Rhoda Sisson, Jimmy Black, Katie Mercado, Alex Stevens, Vicki Sias, Jonathan Crawford, Miller Gamberry, Rex Foster, Bob Bolton, Billy Bolton, Lois Weems, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, Robert Newberry, Michael Barnett, Kathy Caldwell, George and Mildred Pratt, Nelson and Missy Miller, Michael Green, Loretta Edwards, Brother and Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor, Brother and Sister Trinata. We need to continue to pray for our nation, for our president, for our vice president, for the leaders of our state, for our local leaders. Uh, in the county and in the city. Uh, we need to keep Brother Matt Ashton lifted up in prayer. He's having uh, surgery on his neck this Saturday. So if you want to stand tonight, and as we take these names before the Lord, if you have a need in your body, uh, if you want to come down to the front and get prayed for and believe it in the power of God to touch your body and heal you tonight. Lord, we're thankful for this evening together here tonight. We worship you and
beautiful name, the name of Jesus. I can't help but think of all the times that he's gotten me out of trouble. You know, there's a saying, if I'd have just done what he told me to do the first time, I wouldn't have to be asking for his help again. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer for this offering. Lord, I thank you for this evening, Lord, this time to worship tonight. Lord, I just pray that you would bless this offering tonight. Bless those that have to give. Bless those that do not. Lord, we just pray that you would bless this offering to the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name.
the Lord, everyone. It's wonderful to be back in the house of the Lord again. You may be seated. I look back on the times when I was younger and lighter and more limber and didn't have aches and pains. And I remember those times of worshiping and running and shouting and thinking this will never end. And now I find myself many times thinking, Lord, I wish I could just stand through one song. I have a hip that needs to be replaced, and I'm supposed to have it sometime this uh, next spring, and I want you to pray with me about it. Tonight, it's pinching me just a little bit, but I'm glad to praise the Lord and glad to be here tonight. I want to go back to my thought from last Wednesday night for just a few moments, and we'll see where it takes us. How many of you want to be found watching and waiting when the Lord comes? How many of you believe that we are living now in the time of His return? I have heard that all my life. Matter of fact, right after I got the Holy Ghost as a teenager, I went home to my mom and I told her, I said, Mom, I believe the Lord is coming. And she just sort of turned and looked at me and she said, well, well son, I've, I've believed that and I've heard that all my life. She said, I was told by one of the elders a long time ago not, not to get all wrapped up in that. I think she thought that I was so excited about it. I was excited about the Holy Ghost, but I think she thought I was so excited about the Lord coming that I was just going to sit down and wait for him to come. And I think about that many times because she said, now, don't get overtaken with that because it may be a while before the Lord comes. Well, she was right. That's been about 40-something years ago that I told her that. And we uh, were rejoicing in the fact that the Lord had filled me with the Holy Spirit and changed my life. She was so glad when God changed my life because I was a teenager. And I had some situations in my life that needed God. But when the Lord saved me and filled me with the Holy Ghost and He changed my life, I really did change. I really had a, a conversion. 
Uh, almost immediately, I knew that I was called to the ministry. It wasn't too hard because I had been raised in a minister's home and had been tugging at my heart from a long ways. I remember battling with the Lord over it, and time after time, I remember hearing the elders say, oh, you're going to grow up and be like your dad, and I'll always say, oh, no, I'm not. You know, I was going to be a veterinarian. I done decided that's what I was going to do. I wasn't going to preach the gospel. I sure wasn't going to go through what Dad went through and, and suffer some of the things he suffered through. And so I had done made up my mind I was going to be a veterinarian and I was going to enjoy it. And then the Lord called me into the ministry and I couldn't run from it, couldn't get away from it. I was thinking about Brother Jeff, you know, and that sweet spirit. But I know that when Sister Vicky walks into the living room, if he's in her chair, he gets up and gets out of it like that dog does when he walks in there. <laughs> Uh, isn't God good tonight? I want to say to you that I do love and appreciate you so much, and you just don't know how much you have meant to me this week. And the beautiful words, uh, the kind words, you helping me to get back in the groove of things and doing what the Lord wants me to do more of, I believe, as the Lord is healing my body. I went to the doctor today and got a very good report. She said, you're one of the most healthy patients that I have now. She said, you have progressed better than any of my patients and that made me feel good. And she said, not only that, you are trying to get better, and I am. I do want to do uh, work for the Lord in these last hours. Go back with me to Judges chapter 2 and verse 10. And the service tonight is probably going to be a little bit different uh, than it was last Wednesday night. I tried to talk to the Lord about doing it a little bit different, but he didn't let me get by with it as of yet. And so I'm going to go back to this scripture, Judges chapter 2. If you would read there with me, starting with verse 10, it says, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor the works which God had done for Israel. I am not preaching against anyone tonight. I want you to take this as a lesson, as a warning, as a thought that we can be and should be ready at all times to give an account of that hope that lies within us, that we, the church, that are baptized in his name, filled with his Holy Spirit, can be watching and waiting and can be ready at the moment when that trumpet sounds. He's going to have a bride when he comes back. How many of you believe that? He's going to have a people that have prepared themselves and made themselves ready for his return. And I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be half-hearted. I don't want to be coasting along. I want to be watching and waiting. And I, I thought about that 40 years now that I have been looking for the Lord to come. It's still just as exciting today as it ever was. I'm still just as excited about the Lord's return as I have ever been before in my life. But if you would follow along with me again, I'll go back and just touch a few highlights. It was the fact that after Joshua had led the children... For all these generations and had brought them to the promised land by the leading of God. Moses had now uh, departed from them sometime. And Joshua was the leader over them. He had lived a righteous life before them. He brought them together in the place of worship. And he told them, he said, it is now time for you to go occupy the promised land. To rejoice and enjoy the inheritance that has been given to us. And so all the people heard the word that was given to them. And they departed unto their own places. And they uh, began to live and to prosper and do that that they were supposed to do according to the promises of God. And uh, the angel of the Lord had come and spoke to them uh, and had began to exp explain to them what that he, they were supposed to do and uh, in inhabiting that land. The uh, angel of the Lord in the first part of that chapter uh, first warns them that they were to occupy that land and that they were to cast out all the inhabitants, all the religions, all the false gods. They were to tear down all the altars. They were to do completely away with everything and they were to worship the Lord their God and to put him first and to not have any other inhabitants before them. 
And for some reason, after Joshua and uh, that generation passed away, and then the generation of Joshua passed away, the Bible tells us that the children of Israel forgot about Joshua and forgot about that generation, and they did not see the promises of God. I want that to just uh, penetrate your mind for just a moment. They did not see the blessings and the miracles and the happenings that God had brought them through those years that they wandered in the wilderness, those times where that they were fed manna from heaven, those times where God provided them water, where there was desert, those times when God provided them protection from their enemies as they went through the different coasts, those years that he provided them clothing and raiment and a tabernacle that he would come and dwell with them, those times that he rolled their sins back, those times that he healed their bodies, all those miracles and signs that had been done, this generation rose up and did not see it. Here is a warning for our generation right now because I believe that this generation is going to pass away. I look around and I see that I am now an elder, that a lot of the elders that have been here have now passed on to their reward. And I'm coming to that age now of being an elder. Some of you are a little bit older than I, but I'm thinking about, I remember seeing miracles and wonders and signs. I still believe in the moving of God and the healing power of God. I have seen transformations and I've seen healings, miraculous healings in my time. If you have, would you just raise your hand and say, praise the Lord. But I'm afraid amongst us, there are young people that have not tasted of the good things of Lord. They have heard us speak about it and they've heard us worship and they've heard about our praise and they've heard about our services. Uh, but I'm afraid some of the young people that have, are amongst us now and are about to come on have not seen these tremendous anointing services. I remember times when you could not stand in the congregation because the power of God was so strong. People would fall out in the spirit. If you're a witness to that, raise your hand and say amen. Seen those times when God would come upon a man or a woman and they'd fall out in the spirit under the anointing because they were so overtaken by that. How many of you like to feel that anybody here tonight felt it yourself and felt that power and anointing but there is a generation that is rising up amongst us that have not seen it and yet I see amongst us these young people last Sunday night I was so blessed to be here in the house of the Lord and to see the young people in their service I'll tell you something we do have one of the best groups of young people that we've ever had I thought the group that I worked with was the greatest but I I see this young group and I watch them worship on the platform and I see them leading in the the singing and, and the worship and I get so excited to see what they're doing. Folks, I want to tell you, that's some of the blessed, uh, most blessed services you can be in is to come and see the young people worship. But the Bible says that God told them to utterly destroy all the inhabitants uh, from the promised land. But instead, the Bible says they embraced them. Uh, they embraced their culture. They began to pick up their religion. Uh, they took up their gods and they began to worship at their altars. Uh, and not only did that, but they also began to take up their sons and their daughters uh, and they began to uh, marry and intermarry with them. All of these things was wrong in the sight of God. For God has always called his people out from amongst them and said, Be ye a separate people. How many of you believe that tonight? He has called us to be out and to be separate. Now, he didn't tell us to, to go out and be a, a, a little a person out here on the side that couldn't feel anything, see anything, couldn't help anybody, love anybody, do anything with others. He didn't expect us to pull ourselves to the side to where that we couldn't be effective uh, in our community. I want to know my friends. I want to know uh, the people of this world. I want to know the people on the jobs. I want to know the people that I shop with and the people that I I deal with and I want them to see Christ in me. Uh, But I'm not to go out and partake of the things of this world like others do. Uh, There is a limit for me as a child of God. There are things that I cannot pick up uh, and that I cannot do because God has called me out to live a separate and a dedicated life. 
You know, uh, there are some young people I've, I've heard uh, uh, that would go around and say, well, you know, we don't believe in nothing. We don't believe in doing this. We don't believe in doing that. We don't believe in this. And, and they get a nothing religion. But I believe in just about everything. I believe there's a lot of good things that you and I can do and experience. Uh, and there's a lot of places we can go. Uh, but there's so many places that I don't want to go. There are a lot of things I don't want to do. Uh, there are some things that just absolutely bother me when I see them or, or when I uh, see others participating in them. Uh, and I, I get a conviction inside of me. Does anybody know what conviction is? Uh, how I begin to feel uh, uh, that, uh, that spirit of God dealing with me about the slackness of some individuals uh, and some people, and I'm not here to judge them. I'm not here to push them down. I'm not here uh, to uh, make a, a mockery of them or, or to uh, belittle them, but I am here to encourage them and say, seek out the pathways of God. Don't be like this world. Uh, friend, I don't want to dress like the world. I don't want to talk like the world. I don't want to act like the world. I'm not really crazy about going very many places that the world goes to, but I want to be a separate people, and, and here was a generation that they did not know the power of God. They didn't know about the, the, the anointing and the infilling of the, of the Spirit, if you would. They didn't know about the miracles and the signs and the wonders. I, I thank God tonight that we can come into the house of God and hear people in the prayer room. I was talking about last week how that this is one of the greatest things our, our faith or our religion or our belief is, is that we enter into that prayer room. And I've been slack myself many times when I'm running late or, or just being tired and not going by there. But I believe that that is one of the greatest sources that you and I have tonight is to go by that prayer room and pray and touch God before we ever enter into the sanctuary. Uh, that is a blessing that is going to cause us to be set aside from anybody else. Uh, uh, your prayer life and your ability to pray uh, at home uh, and over things where that you can stop out at, at the, the store or, or anywhere that you are at the doctor's office uh, and somebody say, you know, I have a need and, and I need prayer to just stop out and take them by the head and begin to pray. Some people get intimidated. Uh, some people get embarrassed. But I remember times uh, when uh, uh, young people uh, there in Lufkin where we lived for several years at the UBC camp meeting when they would come in, uh, there would be waiters and people that would come to the table. I'm thinking about one a young lady uh, that was backslid in the church uh, and she come and waited on a group of our young people uh, and they knew her and they called her by name and they were so nice to her and talked to her and, and witnessed to her and told her about the camp meeting. Uh, before long she was coming over to the table and they said let us just pray with you. You know, uh, you know I'm sure she thought oh I'll get in trouble or I don't want to be. They prayed that young lady back through to the Holy Ghost right there in that restaurant. Uh, she began to weep and cry and speak in tongues. Uh, she didn't care any longer about her job uh, because those young people said we have got a plan uh, and a purpose uh, and we've got a witness and we've got to do something. Uh, I, I know that it's hard on our jobs today and in our world that we live in today uh, uh, to do some of these things because uh, you will be fired for them. Uh, uh, you will be promote, uh, demoted for them. Uh, you will be asked not to do it. Uh, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, uh, it has been our faith and our belief uh, all along to pray for people. I'm so happy when my doctor will say to me, can I pray with you about that? Uh, I like that. Uh, I think that's wonderful. And I'm glad that there are people that are bold enough and they're not even uh, per se uh, Holy Ghost filled as we are, but, but they have a boldness and a faith that says, I'm proud of who I am uh, in this faith. Uh, but you and I in this day and hour have got to continue to live uh, and continue to show the example uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I told you a story that happened or, or was taken from this particular time and it was called 
the sons of the prophet. I, I started that and didn't finish it. Uh, but this is what the story simply was. Uh, that story was that there was a generation of prophets that arose in this generation. Uh, and they uh, found the place of the altar. Uh, and they went out and they built their self-altars. Uh, and they carried there the sacrifice. And they took the wood. And they took the fire that was needed for the sacrifice. And they carried the sacrifice. Uh, and they built that altar just the way that it was supposed to be built according to God's word. Uh, and everything was made ready and they slayed the animal upon the altar uh, and they made sacrifice. Uh, but then the story is told that the next generation went out, uh, the second generation, and they knew where the altar was because they had been there before. Uh, and that generation built there an altar because they remembered seeing how that altar was built. Uh, they went and they carried with them the sacrifice for that altar. Uh, they carried the wood, uh, but they forgot the fire. Uh, and so because they did not have the fire, they could not perform the act of uh, offering. Uh, they could not do a offering or a sacrifice uh, unto the Lord. And so therefore, they left disappointed. They left less than what they were because those young people or that generation uh, did not know the ways uh, of the altar or how to pray uh, or how to pray through, if you would, or, or how to pray for the sick or, or how to pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, uh, the story is told of the next generation uh, and it goes on down uh, until you get down to the fifth generation. Uh, and the, uh, the uh, story says that this uh, generation went out uh, and they found the altar uh, where it was supposed to be. Uh, but when they got there, they didn't know how to assemble the rocks uh, in order to make that altar. Uh, and not only did they not know how to make that altar, uh, but they had forgotten to take the sacrifice. Uh, they forgot the wood. Uh, they forgot the fire. Uh, and therefore, even though they could find the altar, there was nothing within them uh, that gave them the ability to have a sacrifice uh, and make a sacrifice unto the Lord. And therefore, the sin of those people was not rolled away again. Uh, and generation after generation went uh, until finally the last generation, I believe the sixth or seventh generation, uh, went out to find the altar. Uh, and they wandered around and they wandered around, but they could not find the place uh, of where that altar was supposed to be. Uh, they didn't know how to build that altar. They didn't have the sacrifice. They didn't have the fire. Uh, they didn't have anything uh, that would make an altar. And therefore, the people became uh, uh, knowing of the ways of the children of Israel. Uh, and uh, you know, and I know very well that in 70 AD, uh, that the sacrifices in the temple uh, after it was destroyed ceased uh, because those people ceased to know the Lord their God. The Bible says that when God looked at these people who knew not him, and when he saw that they had married and intermarried, and when he realized that they had done wickedly in his sight, that he came down before them in the voice of the angel and the angel of the Lord began to speak to them. And he spoke to them and said, why have you done this thing? Didn't God tell you to utterly destroy those things out of your life? Church, today we need to be very careful that we remember those things that have been taught to us and hold on to those things. We need to be careful that we teach those things to our children. We need to be careful that we pass on an anointed lifestyle to our people and our family. Now, I'm not bragging on me because, boy, we've, we've had our times. But just so happened that my daughter-in-law, Stephanie, caught our grandbaby in the bedroom the other night. And the music was playing. Stephanie was laying there reading. And she looked over. Some of you probably seen it on the video. And here little Lakin had her hands up. She was just, she was just worshiping. And she asked her mama. She said, Mama, you got the Holy Ghost? And she said, yeah. And she said, I do too. 
She just kept on singing, not aware of anything. All that just blessed my heart. I know it blesses your heart too when you see your children following in the faith. Folks, we can't get discouraged when our children give up. Believe me, I know. You cannot get disheartened and give up. Oh, you may get disappointed. You might get a little discouraged when your companion quits serving or your children quit serving and they're not pulling along because you know the devil wants to get you discouraged. Do you know that he hates you tonight? Oh, he, he wants you to think that he loves you and cares about you. And he'll heap to you all kinds of things to make you think that he cares about you. But the devil doesn't care about you tonight. He wants to destroy you and he wants to destroy your family. As a roaring lion, he goes about seeking those whom he may devour. And he don't care sometimes that you go to church. He don't care that you get down and try to pray. And he don't care that you try to build an altar. And he don't care that you even get the sacrifice. But he don't want you to have the fire. And he don't want you to pray through. You hear what I'm telling you? Amen. A generation that knew not God. There's sometimes I've sat there and I thought, God, just to feel your spirit today. I feel so dry. Anybody ever felt dry? Holy Ghost filled, hadn't committed sin, but just feeling dry. I know you know what I'm talking about because we're living in that day and that hour. And what do I do? Do I sit there in my affliction? Do I sit there in my devastation? Do I sit there in my hurt and my pain sometimes? Do I sit there like Job in my sores and my boils and have others saying to me, why don't you just curse God and die? I don't know why you, I don't even know why you're living God. None of, you, none of your family is, none of your people are. Why are you going on for? Well, half the church is not living it anymore, I'll bet you. The devil will lie to you. Didn't he lie to Adam and Eve? God knows that you won't surely die. And they didn't either, did they? Not immediately. But they eventually died. He knows how to trick you. He knows how to throw something into it. And when he can't attack you, he'll attack your body. And when he can't attack your body, he'll come at your finances. When he can't come at your finances, he'll come at your spouse. He'll come at your children. He'll come at your neighbor. He'll make them mad at you. He does everything he can to get us down. This generation did not know how to build an altar. And they married and intermingled with the things of the world. I want to challenge you tonight, church, to not get taken up in the pleasures and the things of this world that you neglect God. Listen, I'm going to try to hurry on through here. I have too much that I want to say and I, I want to get through. But the Bible says that when the children of Israel had done wrong, he allowed them to be sold into the hands of their enemies as slaves. And they went in and they served their enemies allowed to live in their land. They could have cast them out and been on top of it and had the power of God and been having church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday and shouting, people being slain in the spirit and speaking in tongues and all kinds of things happening. But they got complacent. They got to the place where they thought, well, I'll just hold on till Jesus comes. Any of you ever felt like just holding on till Jesus comes? I know I, the last two years we've almost felt like holding on till Jesus comes. Thinking, my Lord, would you have ever believed that our world would have faced the COVID situation that he has? 
Would you ever believe that places like China would be going into the homes of men and women who have COVID and literally ripping them out of their homes and taking them to places to, to consolidate them to keep it from spreading? Would you ever believe that everybody would be wearing masks and hand sanitizer and all these things? And, and now they're saying, if you don't want to get the flu, you better do it again. I don't know about you, but I got my mask somewhere. I don't want that flu. I sure don't want COVID again. Lord, I had that. It took me eight months to get over it. Some people lost their lives during that time. It was a bad thing. But God was still faithful. But you see, the enemy had a lot to do with all that. And he got us complacent. And he got us used to not coming together. And he got us used to not praying. And he got us used to not hearing tongues and interpretations. And he got us used to not seeing the altar burning with fire. Oh, Thank God that we have had it. Thank God that in this tabernacle here, we have seen it. We've experienced, but we have seen some places of complacency in our own lives. Some of us, our families have fallen away and they've gone by the wayside. And Satan is so tickled about it. And he's, he's pointing his finger at you saying, what good are you and yours? You can't even get your own family saved. Boy, that hurts, doesn't it? You can't even get your own children to go to church. Why are you going? You might as well just give up. And if you're going to hold on, just hold on. He don't want you excited. He don't want you shouting. He don't want you speaking in tongues. He don't want you witnessing. He wants you to be down and discouraged and pressed down because you've got a loved one that turned their back on God and you just can't figure out why and you don't understand why, God, I've served you and I've tried to be faithful and now my loved one has turned their back on you and, God, they're not following you and, Lord, I just don't even see hope for it. I want to tell you there is hope. There is hope. And don't you dare get down in that valley I've walked through that valley I'm walking through that valley but I'm planning on coming out on the other side and I've already started up the hill you cannot afford to give up because your loved ones are not falling right in behind you like you should I think about Billy Graham. He preached and he taught for many years. uh, And his son went the way of the world and he went the way of the world strongly. uh, And just yesterday I saw him uh, on the news as he was speaking uh, and proclaiming uh, uh, the power that his dad spoke by. And he looked so much like Billy. uh, And he spoke so much like Billy. uh, And he was so changed. You could see the countenance about it. He was so changed. Uh, I want to give you something. I'll tell you something, friend. If you don't live it now, if you don't pray it now, if you don't sacrifice now, if you don't find the fire now and have the altar now, your children are going to grow up not to know God because many of them have turned their back and gone their way. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. If there's ever been a time that we need to shake ourselves and get up out of this thing and go again for God, it's now. We cannot afford to be down in the face, down in the mouth, down in our hearts because those are not following God. The Bible says when this people, God looked at them and they began to cry because of the hurt and the pain. Let me tell you something. When the man got in the pig's pen, the son got in the pig's pen, he said, I think I'll go home to daddy because it was better there with daddy than it is here in this pig's pen. 
when people start getting in sin and when the enemy starts coming against them and sickness starts coming against their home and their finances are bad and they can't seem to make it work. They want to find their God again. Are you hearing me? Those children may be out there right now. They may be living their life. They may be thinking they're having a great time. But I want to tell you about a God who loves them. I want to tell you about a God that when they start crying out to him, the Bible tells me of the generation that knew not God. But when this generation began to cry out, oh, they knew a little bit. They knew enough to cry out. They knew enough to start praying again. And the Bible says when they began to cry out to God, that God gave them judges, men that he could trust. I'm thinking about one Samuel. His mother was barren. And God gave her a baby, and she raised him up to be a man of God. The priest of that day and hour, his sons were so reprobate. The Bible says that they were plumb wicked in the church house, at the places of the altar and sacrifice. They sacrificed a gift for themselves. And God said to Eli, he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise me up another prophet, Samuel, right underneath you. But your sons I'm going to destroy because of their wickedness. And in one day shall both of them die. I'll tell you something, we ought to all take a lesson from that one. And it happened just the way he said. But he lifted up Samuel. And Samuel grew in the grace and the knowledge of God. And he served God. And he witnessed for God. And he proclaimed the truth. And the people, they began to follow after God again. And he lived to a ripe old age. But the Bible says when Samuel and the other prophets that had known God began to pass away. And that generation was gone again. That the people again began to fall into their sins and their own desires. And fall away from God. What are you saying tonight, Brother I'm saying let's shake ourselves tonight, church. We cannot afford to let ourselves get complacent. We cannot afford not to speak in tongues and worship God and shout around this place. We cannot afford to go to our homes and our houses and stay there and not come to the house of the Lord and worship together. I get so blessed when I see people worship. I told you, Brother Jerry, how it blesses me when you worship the Lord. I can't even say it without getting excited. When that man gets in the Holy Ghost, it just goes all over me. When he starts shouting, the Holy Ghost hits me. Oh, I get excited. It feels good. When I see these young people, when I see them up there worship, jumping up and down and worshiping God. Philip Taylor's little granddaughter, can't even think of her name right now. When she, Stevie, when Stevie begins to worship, she gets into it with all of her heart. She'll tell you she's not perfect. Brother Jerry, he's not perfect. But when she begins to worship, I sit there and just cry because I think, God, there's a young person that's going to know you. And if they can know you, mine can too. Mine may have gone out. They may have gone their way. But, Lord, I know you're able to bring them back in. How many of you are still holding on to the promises of God? Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare get down. I, I want to tell you, God knows where you are and he knows where they are. And he may let them go through the valley of the shadow of death. He may let them go through the pig's pen. He may let them go through the most horrible things. But I want to tell you something. God's going to do everything he can to pull them back in. And God lifted up judges. And God lifted up men and women and people that knew him. And they began to serve the Lord again. I'm ready. I said I'm ready for revival. I'm ready for people to start serving the Lord again. I'm ready to start having dancing and shouting and speaking in tongues again. I'm ready for what they're doing on the platform again. But I want it to take place in my heart. How many of you want him to feel you again? Amen. Listen to it. I, I'm going to try to hurry. Let me, let me get on down here. I have to put everything in big notes so it takes several pages. Don't get worried. I can't see very good. 
<laughs> After I had my stroke, I couldn't see for days, and it left me just a little short-sighted. Several times in the Bible, God warns the children of Israel about their sins. How many of you have ever warned their kids about what they were doing wrong? Now, don't you do that again. Now, Brother Jeff, this is where it comes in at. Now, please don't do that no more. I don't want to have to spank you. I don't want to have to discipline you because I really don't want to get up out of this chair and do anything. I just much rather you be good. How many of you know most of them is not going to be good without some tendering? <laughs> Anybody got kids? What I found out, and Sister Dickie and I said, Nell, you've raised a few too. We've raised quite a few with our daycare and the school and everything. I found out that kids don't always go the right way. <laughs> Some are just being on being ornery. Amen. And it takes more than, oh, please. I told you once, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm running out of toes and fingers. I'm going to spank you. Now, my daughter-in-law loves me, and she lets me love my grandbabies and try to do the best I can as a granddaddy. I love those two little girls. They fill my every day right next door to me. They show up at my door early in the morning many times, even when school's out. Sunday morning, here they come. Pop, you ready for church? I had them show up with the little hoods on, the little umbrellas and rain boots and wet as they can be and say, Papa, I come to see you. Can I come in? You sure can bring it all in. Amen. But I decided some time ago that I couldn't just be a papa. I have to, I got to be a part of the responsibility because they don't have a daddy there like they need to. And so I decided I'd speak one time and say, baby, you can't do that. Papa tells you, you can. I'm going after the paddle. I have me a little wooden paddle. lays up on my refrigerator. I get up now. First, they just sit there and look at me. Papa ain't going to whoop me. He loves me. I do love him. I speak one time now. I go for that paddle, and I know Stephanie's going, oh, God, help him. <laughs> Here he goes again, and she'll even tell him something. Y'all better get up. Papa's getting his paddle. And they got now where they run. <laughs> they, get it, they get it done so quick. I don't want to beat those kids, but I don't want them to go to hell neither. I don't want them not to be obedient to God. If they can't be obedient to me as their granddaddy and their mama and their granny, Mimi, I better say Mimi, not granny. <laughs> they can't be honorable and obey how are they going to obey God who they can't see? If they can't obey those that are right before them, Sister Lay, how are they going to obey God whom they can't see? They've got to be sensitive to the tug of that spirit. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you got some of the best kids. God bless you. You must have read the book. I never did find it. I tried to check it out. I didn't find one on marriage neither, except the Bible. My wife said, I wish you'd found that one. Teach them and train them in the way they should go. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, listen to this. I'm, I'm scripture. I, I read a lot of scripture. It helps me. Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars... In his right hand. Y'all hold on. Help is on the way. Who walketh in the midst of the seven candlesticks. 
He said, I know thy works. I know your labor. I know your patience. I know how you cannot stand or bear them which are evil. I know that thou hast tried them which say they are apostles but were false prophets and are not. And hast found them even to be liars. I know you, church. I know what kind of people you are. And you have borne and has had patience for my name's sake. Boy, does that not sound like us? How many of you believe in the name of Jesus? How many of you know that he's looked at our patience and the life we've... I mean, most people are not living it today, church. Most people have thrown it by the wayside. And they've just gone after whatever. And I know not everything's wrong, but not everything is right. Listen to me. And the Bible said, he said unto them, Nevertheless... Even though I've seen all that you've done, you haven't fainted, you've been patient, you've labored, you've searched out those that were apostles and those that were not, but nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost at 15 years old, I got so drunk in the spirit, I drove to church that night and I was a little old Baptist boy. I didn't even know about it. The preacher brought me up. And he said, son, do you have the Holy Ghost? And I went, no. What's the Holy Ghost? Jesus, God, the Holy Ghost. Let's see, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Do I have it? I got saved. No, I don't have it. I was just so innocent enough. Somebody say innocent. Just so innocent enough. He said, well, then raise your hands and receive it. I'm thinking back in the book of Acts chapter 19 where the apostle came upon a group of people and he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Can I say it one more time? I'm not going against doctrine, I'm not going against anybody. Listen to me. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I believe... Church, that we are in the hour and the day where we know that there are believers that have yet to come to the fullness of this faith. The reason I know it is because I was one of them. I repented of my sins when I was eight years old. I got baptized with the Holy Ghost when I was 15, speaking in tongues. Oh, my God. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 I pastored for almost 14 years. I saw signs and wonders. People healed miracles. People slain in the spirit. Great and wonderful things. And one day my organization went through a big change and said, we don't need all of that anymore. We don't have to do all that anymore. I didn't know too much. I've never been real educated and real smart. <laughs> you can go ahead and shake your head. But something inside of me began to grieve and began to weep. And I thought, this is not right. You can just forget after all this time. You can just say, oh, well, all that we've ever believed for 40, 50, 60 years is no longer important. I know there's heaven and hell issues. But some things are just decent and right. How many of you think you still ought to not beat your wife or your dog? Amen. Just decent and right. Amen. You have, to, you have to look at what's decent and right for a child of God. 
I still believe there are things that are not pleasing to God for me to do that may not even be true sin, but it's not good for me to do. Can I get by with that tonight and somebody say amen to that? Because I want to be pleasing to him. I want him to look at me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm trying to wrap it up. Give me just a few more minutes. I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. When I got filled with that Holy Ghost and then I got baptized in Jesus' name, oh, my Lord. I come up out of that water and I thought, I'm going to go down. It ain't going to be no different because I done been baptized way back when I was eight years old. It ain't going to be no different. But I wanted to be obedient. And I stepped into the water and the pastor, Brother Fredell, he's gone on to be with Jesus now, but oh, what a blessing he was to me. Took me in, Bible studied me and half my congregation. Said, in the name of Jesus, lifted me back up. The power of God hit me so strong I couldn't stand. I was just like a drunk man all over that tub. And I wasn't quite as big as I am now, but it sure made a stir. There was water going everywhere. I had an experience with God. I have been so in love with Him ever since. I love to be with His people. I love you people. I love this church. I love my pastor and his wife. I love his kids and grandkids. I like those grandkids the most of all. Amen. I just love them. I love you people. But I love my God. And I don't want to offend him or hurt him. I don't want to do nothing to hurt his cause or his kingdom. But I don't want to hurt my children and my grandchildren either. I want to live a life before them where they can see God and say, my daddy knows. I've been told that by both my sons. Daddy, I know you know. I know you brought us up right. Just chose to go our own way. That hurts, don't it? He said, you have left your first love. I want to ask you something. Do you pray like you used to pray when you first fell in love with God? Do you feel like just taking your Bible? I used to go, Brother Jerry, 15 years old, 16 years old, I'd go up to the church and I'd get my Bible. I didn't want to run around Sonic. That wasn't my thing. Didn't have the money for the gas neither. Barely could even get enough to go to work. And I'd go to the church house and they gave me a key and I'd go in and I'd come down to the altar right down here at the front. It'd be dark. I turned the lights on. I had a good imagination back then too, and we wasn't in the best of neighborhoods. And <laughs> oh Lord, if anything comes in, let it be you, not anybody else. And I'd go in and I'd get down by the altar and I'd start praying. And next thing I know, I was weeping and crying and speaking in tongues, and an hour or two would pass by, and I would get so drunk in the spirit that I would just fall back on the floor, drunk in the spirit, come out of it and just think, oh God. Day after day, time after time, week after week. Oh, it's because you're a preacher. No. I wasn't a preacher then. I just fell in love with Jesus. He said, I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. I want to ask you, I witnessed to everybody I saw. I told everybody about God, the Holy Ghost, the, the church, how it changed me, what it could do for you. But are we witnessing today like we did when we first got saved? These are the things that God will challenge us to do in these last hours. When God began to accuse them of leaving their first love, he saw that they was aimless, that they were cold towards him, that they become indifferent, that they didn't have the fervent fire and desire. They didn't even really know how to pray or build an altar like they used to. 
They didn't really know how to get a hold of him like they had once done. He told them, he said, remember from whence thou art fallen and repent. How many of you know how to repent? After I had been pastoring a while and we started going through this in our congregation, I went one night to prayer meeting. I got two or three testimonies I'd love to share with you someday. These, these were miraculous. I went and I got down. We had prayer meeting every Saturday night. I went and got down and I started praying. You know, the faithful, they're going to pray 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Sometimes I would say 45 minutes or an hour. And I lost track of time and I heard them talking back in the fellowship hall. And I got so drunk in the spirit that I felt as though God had carried me before his very throne. And I heard myself saying, holy, Lord, you are so holy. Holy is the lamb. I know that scripture. I know that's in the Bible. But I felt like I myself was right at his feet crying, holy, holy, holy. And I heard the Lord speak to me and he said, do you love me? And I said, oh, yes, Lord, I love you. I was so full of the spirit that night. I've been praying for over an hour. You know I love you. I've been down here on my knees for an hour, Lord, I'm praying. Do you love me, he said. I said, well, Lord, you know that I love you. I'm pastoring this church. I'm here seven days a week. I pastor Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. I come to the ladies' meetings, the men's meetings. We have a Christian church five days a week. I come here early in the morning. I'm at the school till 3 or 4 o'clock. Then I come back for the youth activities and all those things. I'm here. I'm an active pastor. Lord, I'm here. I'm young. I was able to. And this is what the Lord said to me. I didn't ask you, were you serving me? I said, do you love me? I began to weep uncontrollably. Because the Lord had put me in my place. I had gotten so busy working for the Lord that I had neglected him. Man, I just felt that move over the congregation. I had gotten so busy serving God that I had neglected to love God. After that, the truth came. The oneness came. Then filling all of those things God began to reveal when I fell back in love with him. He got me up from that altar. People had already gone home. People were already back in the back getting ready for Sunday morning because it was Saturday night prayer meeting. And I was so drunk in the spirit, I went home that way, drunk in the spirit as I had done when I got the Holy Ghost. I came to that church house, got the Holy Ghost. I was so drunk in the spirit, they left my little car on the parking lot. My sister took me home between her and my, her father-in-law because they was afraid I was going to fall out of the car or get out of the car. I was so drunk in the spirit. I was just weeping and speaking in tongues. They drove me home, left my little car up there. Everybody drove by down Bonham Street and saw that car and knew what I had been up to. They took me home. I was in love with everybody. I went in the house. I ran up the stairs in the house, and I began to speak in tongues. Mom and Dad was in the living room. I, oh, speaking in tongues, just speaking in tongues, weeping and crying. They said, oh, my God, he's got a devil. <laughs> they didn't know what that tongue was. My baby said today, she said, Mimi. She heard the preaching from last Wednesday night. She said, Mimi. What was that stuff Papa was saying? She said, well, honey, you're just speaking the heavenly language. Speaking the she said, I can speak it too. <laughs> that doesn't offend me. They're going to mock. They're going to thank God they can see it. Thank God they can hear it. Thank God they can feel it. Are you hearing me? I'm, I'm almost through. I got home that night speaking in tongues. And my mama started crying and she was wringing her hand. She said, baby, please just go to bed. <laughs> And my sister had just received the Holy Ghost a few months before. She said, this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. 
They didn't understand it at the time, but came to know the infilling power of the Holy Spirit in their lifetime because they heard it. What's going to happen if your children don't hear it? What's going to happen if your grandbabies don't hear it? What's going to happen, church, if they don't hear it when we come together in worship? I know we get intimidated. We get carried away by time. I know it's already time to leave. But what's going to happen when nobody knows what it's like any longer and this generation's gone? Oh, my Lord. Sister, come to the piano, if you would, for just a moment. I want to speak to you last from this thought. and This is what the Lord gave me when he brought me into this truth. I have yet to finish this thought because he's told me to do something with it, and I will. But he gave me Matthew 25, the ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. And this is what he showed me. In the scripture, I was reading it. Instead of saying they arose, he said, arise quickly. He inserted that word in there to me in my spirit. Arise quickly and trim your lamps. Five were wise, five were foolish. And as the Lord delayed, de, delayed his coming for the marriage, they all, all, all ten, slept and slumbered. And their lamps went out and their oil was gone. How many of you know that the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit? I can't find any other example but that they all slept and they all had allowed it to seep out. And there came a cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And the five wise arose quickly and they began to trim their lamps because they knew what was required of them to trim their lamps, to fill their lamps and go out and meet the bridegroom. And they trimmed their lamps and they filled their lamps with the oil that they had brought in their extra vessels uh, and they went out to do. And while they were going out, the five foolish said, Oh, we got our lamps, but our lamps have gone out and we didn't bring anything extra. We don't have anything left. Our light has gone out. The Lord said in Revelations, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. And if you do not repent, I will come quickly and remove the light out of the tabernacle. I want to ask you tonight, you may have gotten the Holy Ghost, but the Bible tells me to stir up that gift that is within you. That was given to you by the laying on the hands of the presbyter. Nothing else but the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Are you full of the Holy Ghost tonight? When's the last time you felt that Holy Ghost quicken you to where you just wanted to shout and run all over the building? When was the last time you felt like speaking in tongues? When was the last time you felt like laying hands on somebody and praying for them until they just got so drunk in the Spirit? Stand with me. I believe the Lord is speaking to us in this hour. I wanted to go a different route tonight. I had a, another thought. But the Lord laid this so heavily on my heart to finalize what he had laid on my heart several months ago. And that was a generation that knew not God. I am concerned that we are facing a time when people do not know the true power of God. Where young people can say, I've seen it a few times, I've experienced a few times, but it's been a while since I really had an altar. The Bible says he told them to repent and go back and do their first works again. I want to challenge you tonight, maybe not tonight, 
want to challenge you tonight to find you an altar to go to your altar to your prayer room and begin to build the stones and begin to make the sacrifice and begin to find the fire and begin to fast and begin to pray until God again pours out his spirit because I believe the Lord is about to return and I feel it bubbling in my shoulder and I hear him saying arise and prepare you to meet the bridegroom and I feel him shaking me tonight saying make sure you have enough oil for yourself The five wise said to the five foolish, let us have some of your oil. And the five wise said, not so, lest we not have enough for ourselves. Man, that'd be a hard decision, wouldn't it, not to be able to share. I want to have enough Holy Ghost, Brother Calico, that I can share it with my children and my grandchildren. I want to be so full of the Holy Ghost that they say, what was that language he was speaking in? What was Papa jumping around and carrying on about? What was, what was they doing in church today? I want some of that. I want some of that. How I many of you want some of that? Would you just close your eyes and begin to pray with me for right now? And let's pray, Lord, I repent of my slothfulness. Brother Clint, I saw your son Sunday night get up here and I saw the anointing fall on that young man. And I thought about when you was a young man. He had the anointing come upon him. He was so excited. He said, I've witnessed and people have made fun of me. I went to school to tell them about Jesus and to live a life before me. People have put me down and made fun of me. My heart hurt for him because I've walked through that valley. I've been where people made fun of me for what I had and what I believed and said, you're just some old religious fanatic. I want to tell you something. I'd rather be a religious fanatic for Jesus and full of the Holy Ghost and have enough left over so that when somebody asks of me, what is this? thing that is in you I can say it's a fire it's a power I don't want to just be able to go to the altar and not lay sacrifice and not have the fire and not have the anointing when sickness comes my way I want to be able to pray to God he has listened to me last night last Sunday, Wednesday night I told you just like that I suffered a stroke no warning really I thought I had an inner ear attack I fell back on the bed And then I felt myself beginning to move and to twist and make all kinds of movements from the stroke that was affecting my body. There was no time. I wasn't even in my right mind at that point. I couldn't even, I couldn't even say, Jesus, I couldn't, I couldn't say, God, help me. I could do nothing but just look at my wife. And she began to scream out, oh God, he's having a stroke, Lord, help us. Off in a foreign land, off in a motel, didn't even, wasn't even at home, couldn't even pick up the phone and call for anything but an ambulance. But God was there and He spared me for a reason. I want to ask you, my dear friend, my precious friend, can you say with a surety if God was to take you by a wreck leaving this place tonight? If a stroke was to hit you, a heart attack, something was to happen, something disastrous was to come, where would you spend eternity? Have you come become complacent and allowed sin and things to creep back into your life? I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am ready to go when the Lord comes. I was so assured that when they said he may not live through the night, we got to drill a hole in his head and get the pressure off of it. But probably he's going to have a stroke. He'll be a, vegeta- he'll be a vegetable probably. Or if not, he'll be in the nursing home for six months. 
But I knew enough to be able to whisper to my wife, don't let them put me on any machines and keep me alive. I'm ready to go. I told you they called in the psychiatrist because he's afraid that I had problems. Oh, you can't talk that way. You, you can't be that way. I said, man, you, you don't know. In between trying to talk plainly, you don't, I'm ready. I'm not rushing it. I was glad he spared me. But friend, I'm trying to tell you tonight, you don't know what the next hours hold for this world. Look at Ukraine. It has been devastated by war, war, and people are being taken out daily. We have no idea what's about to come up on our world. You could be at your job, on your way to your job, coming home from your job, in your bed. A tornado could take you. Amen. Twelve in the state of Texas yesterday. We have no promise of tomorrow. Where are you tonight with God? Make yourself an altar somewhere at home, and let's get back in tune with God. Let's get back to that place with God. Jesus, I thank you tonight, God, for this precious congregation and for the opportunity that you have given me to share this good gospel one more time. I know, Lord, that there are Holy Ghost-filled men and women that are on fire, that are full, that are ready. Lord, if there's any, there's just a handful. But, Lord, we all need to be reminded to not become complacent in this day and hour. We all need to be reminded, God, of what you warned of the generation that came that knew not you. Lord, that we may lift up a standard against this world and against sin. And that our children may see and that they may glorify God because of the fire and the power and the anointing that is left within us and that we bring forth. Help us, Lord, to make sure that our lamps are trimmed and they're full of oil and that they are burning and that we are anticipating your soon return. In Jesus' name. As you separate and you go to your separate abode please don't neglect this God and his ways but would you do something try and tell somebody tomorrow about Jesus make an appointed effort to pray harder than you've ever prayed and make it an effort to love God like you've never loved him and to witness to somebody tomorrow would you do that thank you for allowing me to share with you these last two Wednesday nights God bless you I want to turn it over to brother Jeff amen Thank you, Brother Dickie, for the words for the last two Wednesday nights. We'll just bow our heads. We'll close out in prayer. Father, we're thankful for this opportunity to be here to worship you, to love you. God, we just pray that you would let our light shine amongst our co-workers, amongst our friends, amongst our families. Lord, don't let this word that we've heard these last two Wednesday nights, this whole year, Lord, as this year is getting ready to come to a close, don't let this, the words that we've heard, don't let it go out in vain, God. Let us reach someone close during this holiday season, God. As we're around people that we're not normally around, Lord, let our light shine. Let us reach those that are lost. Let us reach those that are hungry tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you would take this word that we heard tonight, Lord, 
Do not let it return in vain. But, God, we pray that you would plant it on the good soil of our hearts tonight, God. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over these people, Lord, that you would let them go, God. Keep your hand and hedge of protection around them, God. I bind every spirit of hell that's going to try to come against them, Lord, that's going to try to remove truth from them, God. Stir them up, Lord. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.